so we are outside. First things first, yeah. there's a few words you can't say. What are the words we can't say? One of them is <laughs> <laughs> We are outside Crouch and Picture House, far in the far reaches of North London. Indeed. Ralph has come a long way. Uh, he's come from the depths of <laughs> <laughs> So we don't want to reveal, we don't want to dox Ralph yeah, at this yeah. point. Um, we are about to see uh, Annette. Annette by Leos Carax, French film director, yes. a rather an eccentric guy. Uh, the film stars Marion Cotillard and Adam, Adam Driver. Driver. It's a new film. It, it, was at, yeah, oh, it was opening a film at Cannes, which is often a, a, a mixed blessing for mm-hmm. a film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's had Sorry. mixed reviews. I haven't really read any reviews, but... I've not. I've stayed clear of it. All I've seen is uh, kind of third-tier memes cascading yeah. out of the kind of like Twitter sphere about this film. Um, what we know about Carax is that he's a non-prolific director like Indeed. his last film like Holy Motors which was his last feature was 2012 so we're looking at nine years between films which yeah, is yeah. unusual for somebody who can I was saying who can command such weight of Hollywood actors you such know, belief to, such belief to take you know sort of like Holy Motors is a film I think we're not saying too, we're not too kind of giving away too much by saying that we both hated Holy Motors it's yeah. an art, yeah. art theatre kid film of intense cringiness and um, quite 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 cringe O- overperformance. Yeah, and it sort of could could have been something spectacle. good. It like it kind yeah. of is weird in that way. It is mm. going for something quite interesting, in it, but it just and is we should celebrate and spectacle and, and, and largesse. Exactly, yeah, we, we, we love of ambitious failure, which is which Holy Motors absolutely is. We must also characterize his work as also being good at, in places. It good in Lovers on the Bridge, I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Boy, Pont-Neuf. Boy meets Pont-Neuf. Uh, Les Pont-Neuf. And there's also uh, funny Bad Blood, in the which is his, the film everyone seems to remember. Mo- so the Night is Young is the English title of that. Yeah, Night is Young. So Night is Young and Bad and, 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 and Pont-Neuf are two films that people remember very fondly. And Boy uh, Meets Girl, his first one that he made when he was 24, which is black and yeah. white. And, and then it's quite Holy Motors, which I, I, I'm not going to kind of like over, over stir the pot, but I feel like Holy Motors has this kind of like Fellini-esque en- carnival energy to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all his films do, to, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, they all do. They have this kind of I like... I expect I network too. Yeah, so, you know, you look at the new wave, but then you look at the kind of like the, the modernist carnival carnivalesque modernism of European cinema and he's very much in that tradition. We're going into this film kind of not anticipating too much. We've heard some good things. I don't think I've heard any good things to be fair. Have but oh, the good... Th- I mean, I like... What I have is personnel. I have Carrox having made two... Driver. Two, two, three amazing films, actually. But I'm never saying it's mm. good as well. Um, Driver, who I think is an excellent actor, yeah. really like you know hard to, hard to dislike. Hard he's to a not committed. Be. He's a, he, um, he's a well. He's got he's he's got a, a deep commitment to roles. Yes, uh, yeah. which is always interesting to see somebody kind of fully that he never kind of phones it in with his yeah. roles. He's yeah, like yeah, fully yeah. committed, even if it's a bad role. But he's had a, he's had a kind of patchy history of production characters because obviously Paul Neuf he built an entire bridge. Facsimile of the facsimile of the Paris. Bridge, which was anyway closed when he was trying to film, and that led to some torturous production issues. He's basically a film, one of those filmmakers who it's surprising he's ever made any films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. yet he has. Yeah, so yeah. I'm kind of interested to see how his grandiose spectacle kind of like plays out over the next two and a half hours. It is two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, and it is, and it's yeah, it's just gone 8 p.m. and we're going to go in. Okay, it's time to set the scene. We're just in a in a bar near yeah, the cinema. Yeah, you might be able to hear a bit of ambient rumbling. Yeah. We're just drinking an Aspels. We might be Cheers. able to ASMR that. We might be able to... Mm. The glasses are plastic, so the noise wasn't very exciting. <laughs> COVID is over. Um, so, uh, we just finished Annette, which is two and a half hours long. 
um, it's a musical, it's a sort of uh, melodrama, it's about uh, a comedian and an opera singer who um, have a whirlwind romance, have a child, and uh, and then their, their picturesque uh, life turns to tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard. It has a musical score by Sparks. Sparks, a band which you may know from uh, other screenings at the moment. They've just had a biopic produced about them. Yeah. Uh, a band I was vaguely aware of before the existence of this this onslaught of marketing, but anyway. That's yeah. <laughs> um, I'd never heard of them. And of course, the film's directed by Klaus Karak. Yeah. Um, so... You you go first. You give, okay. me, give me your well, take. Li- Hear me out. Say, uh, art house Moulin Rouge. Right, that's the film. Hits all the kind of sentimental saccharine bars of Moulin Rouge. You did. You haven't seen Moulin Rouge. I haven't. No. The Baz Luhrmann kind of spectacular. You know, the obsession with the spectacle. That was another star-studded. Uh, it had Kylie Minogue. Famously, it was like mm. a star-studded. Also in Holy Motors. Holy Motors, yes. It was like a cyst. And actually, the, the f- and obviously a French a film that was deeply entrenched in like French Baudelaire, nineteenth mm-hmm. century the nineteenth century French imaginary. This film isn't because it's a departure for Carax because he's like left France. Bear in mind again, this is like he's not made a film for fucking years, but he has kind of relocated to Santa Monica. Yeah. He's relocated to LA. He's made this film. Um, yeah, it's a surprising film there was a point about I think maybe like an hour and ten minutes in where I thought surely that's the end mm. and then looked at my watch and you were like no 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 we're just in the second act maybe. we were in a cinema on our own by the way it was a very small auditorium <laughs> oh in a very God, empty yeah. building and it was just us so we were we were able to talk during the film yeah we had it's actually I, I reckon, attempted to actually get the, get the mics out but we, we didn't do that we <laughs> should have done it the picture house might have closed this whole show mm. down if we tried that um, we, I, we held off I feel like a, actually I feel like a sports commentator <laughs> <laughs> it's coming we, 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 we're touching our mics to our chins here so that the dynamic the is way. good um, um, no but yeah it had a kind of it had that saccharine sentimental feeling to it I did not anticipate it being a fully musical because mm. again we were kind of avoiding reading yeah. anything about this film um, but there were moments of like the, you know one of the things we obsess about on this podcast is the, those glimpses of the sublime which mm. you know and there were moments of that right because yeah well there were certain kind of things that Percolated through the filter of that, but what, what what's like the overall vibe for you? Like, what's your take? Well, overall vibe yeah. is a hard is a hard question to answer because basically I was pretty impatient with it as soon as it started. I mean, it literally starts with a song that says, um, w- w- "Shall we start? Shall we start?" Everything True is musical. like highly orchestrated. Yeah. I find that sort of thing very artificial and alienating. The the narrative lines felt somewhat predictable. You know, the sort of boy meets girl. Well, that was the name of his first one. But you know, the 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 the, the kind of um, whirlwind <laughs> romance, and then the sort of cancellation narrative, this discourse yeah, making its way that. into there that. Was a yeah, yeah, Cancellation narrative. The idea there, that yeah. this guy, this comedian, this sort of Bo Burnham. I mean, it's it really does remind me of Bo Burnham. This kind of <laughs> indulgence. It's this kind of comedy I don't find very interesting, but I think a lot of people find it relatable, and it's that position. Disney World comedy. Yeah, yeah. Of like, uh, but the, but the, the sort of self-loathing male position of like, I'm so pathetic, and then you know, loads of pathetic people laugh at that. And but if you're if you're not pathetic like me, um, <laughs> you just find <laughs> it very weird. Just like why would you? <laughs> 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 um, but no, but I mean, yeah, he plays this kind of self-loathing guy who's with this glamorous you know, sophisticated opera woman. And then, yeah, there are these news reports for uh, these, these accusations against him of being abusive. Yeah. And then 
yeah, there's this tempestuous, stormy night on a ship. Um, where That's the most artificial moment of the film. Very, actually. very like CGI waves. Yeah, it's yeah, got yeah. a CGI kind of a blown out, uh, pixelated almost CGI background of wave, uh, kind of fake yeah. water. By this point, they've given the birth to Annette, the child who is like a kind of puppet dummy, which, <laughs> which, re- yeah, which really <laughs> alienated me. It did, didn't, get, didn't work for me at all. And then, and then, so basically then, she's died, drowned in the sea. After this fight they've had, one is drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's holding on to the child, Annette. And then we go to the police station and he's accused. He's he's not accused, he's questioned. Um, That's but, not interesting. And, um, and then he goes home and he says, he starts singing. And so that the, the police scene kind of works really well for some reason. It's just very well written. It's a bit it's like... One a, scene I missed because I went for yeah, yeah, it's like officer, the officer Crockby scene in, in, in West Side Story. And then he goes home and he starts saying, well, at least, I, you know, this is terrible, but at least I'm a good father. And then he, he, he witnesses his child, Annette, singing in quite a beautiful way, in a more beautiful way than we've heard anyone sing in the, in the film so <laughs> Bear far. in mind, I think everyone was singing natively in that. I think that was, was the actors singing. Very good. Because um, I think there was careful attention played to the foley of the mouth in this film. Mm. Especially when, like, I'm, I'm aware Foley of that. Of the mouth. That sounds like a good name for a of one mouth. of your poems. I'm aware <laughs> of that because um, when Adam Driver, we can talk about, he has a, a stand-up routine, which is all based on this self-loathing mm. male aggression, mm. barely bottled male aggression. Yeah, yeah. It's very much like kind of, are you, are you not entertained humor? Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of, like, him with the mic to his mouth, and you can see the sounds that he's making as he kind mm. of... Yeah, no, he does. I mean, yeah, we'll talk about his performance later. But just to sort of just to to, to wrap up my overall my overall view, at this point we then have this interaction. This 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 the conductor who earlier on uh, is is an accompanying pianist uh, and sort of just sings this rather banal, self-reflexive thing about, oh, I am the pianist. I'm just the pianist. He's a soft boy. Yeah. and uh, and he's never named. He's he's just called the con- the pianist conductor and then the conductor when he becomes conductor a conductor friend. conductor friend. And he says, and, and then he explains when he when he's the conductor later on, he explains that he had this love affair with Anne, and that you know he he's, he's he thinks that he, he thinks very um, poorly of um, Henry Henry, but he's going to meet Henry later. From this point on, this amazing scene where he's like, he's like, oh, sorry, I have to conduct, and he just like does these flourishes and you know looks back to camera and tells the story. He's actually conducting. As amazing well, scene, yeah, scene. and the conducting is really good. Amazing scene. From that point on, for me, the film was actually fantastic. I actually pretty much loved every scene after that. <laughs> it was actually really disorienting because I had fully um, convinced myself it was a, it was a it was a total loss, and I was just mm. getting pissed off at having to sit through it. But actually, that scene onwards. Uh, there are a few little bumpy bits that I was like not sure about, but I was totally carried well, the, w- carried forward. The kind of the 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 performativity, the awareness of the performativity, mm. like you in that film. I think the the establishing narrative of his love for his uh, for Cotillard's character, for his wife, and the birth of their child in a typical film that would actually mm. be compressed into about fifteen minutes, yeah. twenty minutes. You'd see one intimate scene, but here you get like three scenes where he's eating her out really passionately <laughs> <laughs> right but they really yeah, go those bits didn't really work I they mean, go really the, the early bits yeah the early sort of happily ever after bits just really I don't know like but he I really goes for it he like he like I said they, they would normally be compressed into about 15 or 20 minutes like wife's dead he cares about the wife mm. now get on to the meat of the story he spends a long time with that and I think part of that is like hand holding you through the cringe like yeah. you, you kind of 
It's first as fantasy, then as tragedy. Yeah. But there's even the song. Sorry to interrupt. But there is even the song where he says, "You know, I'm, I'm, I love you so much, or we're, we're so, we are so in love. We are so in love." That they sing early on, and it feels cringe and kind of like obvious. And it's like, why are you telling us it's this? Why, why don't you just, yeah? Why don't you just show us this yeah. thing, like rather than tell us? A lot of people telling things early on, and it's like, tell don't show. It basically feels like yeah. film theater, especially the stand-up bits. Later on, film theater. Later on, the guy. Um, the the conductor guy sort of teaches the I love you song so much to Annette, who we then later discover might be his child, not uh, not Henry's child, and then she sings she sings along to I love you so much, and so this song suddenly has this new melancholy register, which I felt much more moved by. So yeah, I mean, do I just do I do I just I mean, it's a very painful and horrible film from that point on, and mm. and and it's and you know he kills you know he kills. Um, the guy further proving that he kills his wife he's 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 alone and in the final scene you know he's he gets a visit from annette who's who's no longer a puppet yeah that's the, the elephant in the room not mentioned that is from 98 of the film annette is a wooden puppet yeah. um somewhat clunkily at, at often but i it, think that's I kind of the film was it. its most holy motors and was most it's most kind of that which we mean bad bad which <laughs> <laughs> you mean bad at those at those moments of film was the most cringe the and i think the very fact that he introduced a physical real Annette at the end suggested yeah. that there was always a possibility of having a real Annette. And I think by creating this kind of uh, mannequin version of Annette, it was like, no, make commit, like commit and have, yeah. have the have the kid play throughout because it's much more affecting when that child is singing. She's like, she's not a great vocalist, but she's obviously a, a budding vocalist. What you want to say? Like she's. No, I think it worked though. Go on. Because why, I why? think the because I think the the child is the the babe the the wooden baby is the fantasy, and I think that this I think the reality. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think actually like it captured something about children, uh, about raising children. You know, for the first year or so, I don't, I've never raised a child, but for the first year or so of a, of a baby's life, they are not, they are they, they can be unruly, but they are kind of totally submitting to. No, I would. I don't agree. Can't, no. We're 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 like we're way out of on the on up the river without a paddle here because I don't think that's necessarily true because a lot of parents those are the most difficult period right like if sure no what I mean is that there's a period where you idolise the the child where I the, think, the, I the think child doesn't have a voice no but I think and then it's the more child about, gains a voice later Adam on driver's own he's enti- up until that point he's entirely carried away on this this kind of um, it, it, this manic episode this long manic yeah, yeah. episode of self destruction at that point his wife's death everything else was kind of fake and mm. material at this point it comes crashing down when he's in his prison cell Adam Driver looks like shit at this point yeah like, yeah you know, and he's got a birthmark that's changed it's become it darker more troubling it's, yeah I mean it's quite affecting when you see this child suddenly transformed into the real net you see the actual kind of the uh, mannequin and it abandoned on the floor it's kind of it's, it's still it's always ice skating around the the perimeter of cringe this one. Oh, totally but, totally. It's but sometimes you have to but in order to access it. real powerful emotion yeah I did actually enjoy it and I don't I think the risk of a film where you're using opera when you're using uh, music when you're using these swelling or orchestral scenes is it kind of got it, it engulfs the film to that like what mm. you're actually seeing is a story and what we saw tonight was a story not a yeah. film I think but there were moments that were transcendently cinematic and filmic I think one of them there are a couple of shots where Adam Driver is driving through a desert and it must be just after sunset because that particular framing of the horizon with that really sharp blue is what I was seeing Mm. when I was walking here actually it was very beautiful 
Um, the conducting scene was incredible where you see this conductor friend mm. character conducting and then he pauses his he's doing a piece to camera like this fourth wall breaking moment yeah and he pauses it to just dive into this kind mm. of so good this swell to kind of and he's really carried away with the emotion and that's kind of moments like that it's just be, I, I, it's pure cinema yeah it's 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 other times only cinema can do that really. yeah, only cinema can do that other times you know you're it's a nice story that's why I kind of like alluded to or didn't allude to suggested Mill Rouge because yeah. it has those kind of like hits those easy saccharine sentimental beats mm. but it's success as a film is that despite that I actually really enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> which I did not expect well I think okay. that Carax um, is great strength and I think Lovers on the Bridge is still the finest example of it um, sure. is that he manages to articulate huge emotion through absurdity um, and uh, the great example in uh, Lovers on the Bridge the sort of Chaplin-esque tramp-like figure that Dennis, Dennis Levant plays um, realize, you know, his, um, his girlfriend this fellow tramp played by Juniet Binoche has this terrible affliction that's the uh, eye, eye, eye problem that's degrading her eyesight she's going blind and these adverts are appearing in the city from her family saying we found a doctor who can cure your problem please come forward and and and, and Dennis Levant's character realizes that uh, as soon as she gets her eyes fixed and goes back to the, the normal world she'll see the reality she'll no longer kind of want like, like, like in City Lights you know you know but there's an interesting theme for characters which is the spectacle and the reality yeah, yeah, yeah. people seeing through the veil of, of, of wealth or, or love or being caught up in the caught up in the yeah. emotion of something of a moment but I think he, he I mean that is that is cinema because I said yeah. to you very early on in that screening I said this feels like silent film which is an unusual thing to think about but all his films do Carrick's yeah, is do. like the most Chaplin-esque, most Chaplin-esque art yeah. house director I, yeah, I yeah. can think of but they do there's, there's particular scenes at the beginning where he, it's sad he drops this concept at the beginning of the film he uses the chorus mm. which is uh, Henry's audience for the most part yeah. he uses a Greek chorus of people who interrogate him as comedians like yeah. why are you a comedian why are you a comedian they're kind of digging at his own pain you know the tears of the clown mm. um, he drops that concept you lose the Greek chorus later on in the film which is a shame because if you've got a Greek chorus the Greek chorus needs to be at the beginning the middle and the end yeah, yeah. and they reflect kind of at the end of the of, of you know Antigone whatever they, they reflect on the kind of the crisis that has unfolded here he kind of drops it but there are really amazing moments where he shoots the uh, this this synchronized audience kind of interrogating him on stage when he's mm. doing his comedy routine and it's shot in this kind of green filtered light and it's it's like it's Fritz Lang it's like it's yeah, pure yeah, metropolis yeah, yeah. it's like it's amazing like silent film that you're seeing even though it's really reliant on sound I mean I have to say I didn't like any of the comedy bits because I don't think bits were like, they weren't yeah. funny when even when they were meant to be funny they had this strange energy it's called them. the ape of god yeah, who's, yeah. He, who's, who's he supposed to be playing there Bo, Bo Burnham, basically. Bo Burnham, a sort of more deranged serial killer, but Bo Burnham. Who's the other guy, the drunk guy, who's self-hating drunk guy? He was on Charlie Brooker for ages. Oh, Doug Stanhope. Doug Stanhope. My name's Doug Stanhope, yeah, and that's where that's I drink. Where I drink. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah, there's kind of like a Doug Stanhopey thing about yeah, it, yeah. and it's kind of like he goes, he does a show in LA, uh, sorry, in um, um, Las Vegas, mm. and there's this kind of yeah, there's a, there's a the through line is about this like I hate to use this word, but this kind of toxic masculinity barely contained masculine insufficiency because she's a really successful yeah. um, opera performer and he's this kind of struggling he's a clown yeah he's but clown. it's exactly like lovers on the bridge 
Uh, and, yeah. and to continue the thing about the eyesight thing, he um, he sees these posters. The, the Dennis LeBlanc character sees the posters of her face around around the city and tries to destroy them. And it's like this amazing, you know, and it's all absurd how many posters there are. Like literally everywhere he goes on the subway, he's like trying to burn down the subway basically just to get rid of all these posters. He ends up killing someone who puts the posters up because he set fire to all the posters in the guy's van. The guy runs to the van and he gets blown up. That's he ends up in prison. I mean, it's very similar to Love Was on the Bridge. Like the guy ends up in prison yeah. because he's like so in love, but the way he loves is kind of possessive Struck. and sad and self-hating. And so it, it kind of, it's sort of doomed love. So yeah, and it, it, it's exactly like that in um, in, um, in 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 Annette, and, and and there are these moments like when uh, when he finds the um, uh, when he hears the, the the Annette sing the song we we love each other so much, uh, or whatever it's called, and that idea of you taught um, you taught her ha- who taught her that song that was our song, and then this realization that actually you know. Anne was loved by someone else and there's something else yeah, going on and you know the possession is falling apart and then the anger and and then repeating the drowning and you know all these things are like epic and huge and that's you know we've kind of lost that a bit we're so realist and naturalistic I think we have there are few directors who really go well, that hard yeah, with I, the absurdity of emotion because I mentioned in our first initial clip about Fellini and people forget you know people see Fellini as this cold clinical hard modernist um, but you forget, you know, obviously, eight and a half, the Dolce mm. Vita, like he was fully invested in this carnivalesque, self-referential cinema, and that's why he's a modernist, probably mm. one of the greatest modernist filmmakers. Um, but you see there, like the the influence of advertising, the influence of roads, liminal spaces. I talked mm. about it earlier. You know, one of the things characters are obsessed with are these like liminal transitional spaces. The limousine and holy motors. The limousine and holy motors. Here, it's kind of like tunnels it's bits of road at night mm. it's kind of uh, driveways to houses he's really obsessed with filming there's these also kind of these montages these celebrity montages where you kind of get told about the kind of public impact of what's happening yeah in exactly which life. is an interesting thing because how you know uh, for a while i mean this is a hollywood film in a lot of senses because it's shot in la um even though it has a kind of global romp about in the third act but for the most part the film is kind of obsessed with fame mm. and the distorting lens of fame yeah. and for a lot of the film we see this uh, you know for a while for a while film was really obsessed with that you know kind of vertigo is kind of obsessed with fame and the perception of the other and distorting effect of the other mm. um, and you've kind of lost that in cinema relatively recently like it's a relatively banal thing to revisit which is yeah. like fame distorts and rich people aren't that entirely happy um, this film kind of does that Mm. and there were moments where it was kind of like Lynchian in Mm. the sense of like Mulholland Drive it was definitely drawing off that energy that sort of of weird sort of Hollywood eeriness yeah the eeriness of LA or whatever Uh, shout out to LA listeners not Um, from a native though you know characters a Frenchman French person Drawing on um, the French what's, romantic what's a French tradition. Got to find the idea of a French person in LA is actually inherently hilarious. Like, it's disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting and funny. It's like, what the fuck? Why is a French person doing it? No, LA? because they have different ideas of romance. I mean, the French one is more. Right, we need to. Um, we got, we, we've been we've been taken out of a beer garden. Okay. We, 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 we'll, we'll stop. Okay, it's last orders. Um, we're still getting through our pints. Um, we've been moving inside. Uh, Reality of uh, IRL podcasting. Yeah, we're just in pubs now. Podcasting. Um, so what were we saying? You were you were you were celebrating just the expression of emotion through 
through me- metaphors and very on the nose visual set pieces which i think is you know that's the chaplain i mean that city lights i think i don't know i've never seen an interview with Carrick or really heard him talk about his craft but it seems like city lights and maybe the kid as well are, are very very french important filmmakers are obsessed with the the heritage of french filmmaking which has uh, unusually has its roots in the fairground like yeah. the history of silent film like the, the formation of Parthay and Galmont they were all for years they made their bread money from screening in carnivals yeah. and, and festivals like there's a strong kind of performative physical comedy element to and which actually Adam Driver is the natural performer for that because he's a deeply physical comedian but there are, one of the things we said about this film is like Adam Driver exceeds the the limits of this film yeah he's it bursting out of it yeah. yeah well for the first half he's bursting out of it and then the second half he is he is the right level for it I think because the film steps up um, but yeah, yeah he is he went to Juilliard he knows when you see like documentary footage of him uh, doing his marine corps theatre stuff you know you, mm. you realise that he is an all singing all dancing performer and he can he has huge range he's a, he's a sort of his craft is down he's a professional yeah. And he can be, you know, he can do a musical. And I've never seen him do a musical. I've never seen him. But he's clearly singing. He clearly has, like, enough of a voice to carry the tune. Totally, totally, um, yeah. And he's, like, he's extremely magnetic and charismatic to mm. watch. Um, you know, he kind of, he blows these, uh, a kind of um, cotillard, like a kind of veteran art house ingenue out the water because yeah. he's got this intense, fiery, physical, sinewy appearance. And he also has this quite chameleon-like ability to tra- change from this quite youthful... He has a youthfulness that by the end transforms into this haggard... Like, he looks like this kind of... Um, he looks like... age him actually quite impressively. Yeah. Some come and see shit right there. But I think it was like... Yeah, it's weird having this, like, mannequin wooden child thing, which is, like, the main... I get, I get there's, like, a kind of point to it. It's still kind of contributes to the cringeometer it pissed me off initially but i think in the end it worked what i want to know actually about this film Mm. is like did did it did the first half have to be shit (laughs) like is it is it a thing where i just had to get used to what that maybe if i rewatched it i'd like it all i mean adapting i was really moved by loads of the songs later on and they were doing things that were quite similar to the annoying stuff in um, the first half opera that's the art of like opera opera sounds you could listen to Rigoletto, you could listen to anything. It's like opera sounds off putting and distant until you yeah. realize that most of, the, most of the, the narratives of opera are relatively simplistic, saccharine. Yeah, yeah, which narratives. I'm all for emotion being strong, yeah. but I mean, and it just seemed like people literally talking about their feelings. Like, we, <laughs> like in the first outcome, yeah, but in like, yeah. yeah, in the first song, you know, like we are always, we are so in love, we are so in, like, with each, it just seemed really. It seemed over over the top. It seemed absurd. You know? But I think that they were. I think. But the second time around, it had new meaning to set up the fall of those tracks yeah. later, because there was a lot of um, uh, echoing and repetition of these yeah. things later. Anything that was raised in the first half of the film was then yeah. kind of given this twisted mirror image of itself in the second half of the film. Yeah, I don't know. It was. I enjoyed it more, and I, a lot of that is the being pulled along by the emotional efficacy of these songs mm. um, I think like you said f- I don't think this was a film this wasn't a film it was a really well told story that had moments of filmic brilliance at moments the constellations were such that it did 
it made itself into an excellent film. Uh, <laughs> so at times it was a film, is what you're saying. Yeah, so it became it when it was good, it was a film. Yeah, when, <laughs> when it was, it was good, bad, it was, it was film theatre or right, filmed musical. Film theater, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but I w- yeah, I was surprisingly buoyed along by this. You know, yeah, and many people experience. told us it would be bad. So those people were somewhat wrong, somewhat repressed, somewhat. Do you think they weren't in touch with it? They just, yeah, they're just cold. I'm not talking to those people anymore. No, we've cut them off. Sorry, George. (laughs) (laughs) You were great on the Klug episode. (laughs) Did George? George George was like, Annette is awful. One of the things that pissed me off about this was the cringiness of the the wooden mannequin. Was its its inability to be filmic. Its its refusal to adhere to to commit to the bit of the Greek chorus. Mm. Um, which was one of right. the strongest elements. What would it? What would it? What? This is probably a, a good point to end on. What would it have meant for it to commit to the bit of the Greek chorus? Well, the Greek chorus would have been there at the very beginning. It would have been there throughout, echoing refrains, commenting on the action. Do we love each other so much? Yeah, it would yeah. have. It would. The Greek chorus. The Greek chorus's role is the emotional barometer. Of but the didn't play. that happen in the? Film? No, not really. They they were there as an interrogator, but not. They were never. The Greek chorus speaks to the audience. Okay. Um, and they should have been there at the end. The film actually ends quite abruptly mm. um, in this, this jail cell when he has this meeting with Annette. You know, we haven't even talked about Annette's rise to fame. He basically exploits Annette for her voice and takes on this globe-trotting um, musical tour where she kind of, he yeah. kind of obviously rakes in the money. Um, but that part of the narrative isn't even really that important. It's just that big the fact that he's kind of trying to keep the ghost of his wife alive, a dead wife alive who's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and feel like he has something sort of yeah something to love it's all yeah. about love and that's what that's why I think the ending is so good because he's saying he, he's asking to be able to love his daughter and his daughter is trying to draw boundaries his daughter yep. is trying to say respect I don't think you can I don't want to be loved by you because I'm scared by you because you are like a damaging person because he literally kills her her mum and, and her dad, dad. allegedly um, <laughs> which is like fair enough mate. yeah exactly right like that's, that's, that's actually in terms of discourse that's what I think is great about this film is that you end up sympathising with someone who when you look at the facts is like you know the, driver, the baddie like, like and you, you it's partly Adam Driver's amazing performance but it's partly just like the power of song, the power of like this kind of st- these strange cinematic metaphors, that you end up like thinking like, oh well, I really want him. To, I mean, if a film can make you, yeah, like make you look you at like a serial killer and think, I want this guy to be able to love. Bear in mind, then Ralph that is a good is film. Hard boiled cinephile and, and a prison abolitionist. <laughs> and a hardball cinephile and he's desperate for narrative resolution yeah, yeah, yeah. if Carax has made Ralph want <laughs> narrative resolution this podcast has imploded tonight ladies and gentlemen we've seen we've seen something unusual happen here because like usually we celebrate the ambiguous and yeah, 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 yeah. and actually Ralph is you know me too because you kind no, of want it no but it is ambiguous because you don't know what will happen next you don't exactly. know whether he will whether she will accept his love he chooses not to solve yeah, yeah, yeah. he doesn't solve There's it no, at all it's totally no, um, unsolved he ends a film with this ambivalent confrontation between yeah, yeah. daughter and father. Exactly. Great. And then chooses to end it there. More filmmakers should take note. Yeah, yeah. And on the floor of the cell or the visiting room is the doll, the doll Annette, which we realized was the dream of the child, the projected idea of the child. And then the real child is there saying, actually, I'm not sure about your behavior. I think my brain is broken. <laughs> <laughs> like everything about this film should be making me fucking despise it's every fiber I feel like you were despising it I was a lot more than I was there was so much I hated about this film but there was <laughs> so much do you it's know a what? perfect film for an instant reaction podcast I have to yeah, say it really is like, Here we are the, in the there booth. were moments where 
Well, like I said, there were moments where it glimpsed the sublime. It glimpsed um, the, you know, it kind of it brushed the face of God. Yeah. There, there were some really like the the conducting scene for me. Where are, where are the films about conductors actually? Because that's oh, such that's a, a, it's a there gap, is a gap film. in the market. Oh my God, conductor friend, the character. Yeah, yeah. Like his 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 narrative development was irregular, but yeah. his, that particular scene was incredibly moving. Like yeah. watch, spending. Fifteen pounds. Thank you, Picture House. Um, for the yeah, they didn't check our tickets. We should have just walked in. Um, was uh, worth entry. Pr- that was worth the entry yeah, price. Yeah. Seeing that conducting scene. And the way, yeah, the way he like looks, at, he's like, I miss her so much. Like, it's really like believe amazing for someone to be able to express their emotions so directly without metaphor, without indirectness, you mm. know, and without sort of description. You it's know, like usually we're we're quite anti show don't tell. Uh, we're so we're anti tell. Yeah, normally pro we're show. Tell. Of course, any any good film. But actually, is. in this moment, the telling was done quite well at times. That you like actually do tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was really good. Well, there's something about yeah. It managed to. I mean, so, some of the time it was tell in a very irritating way, especially yeah. in the first half. Um, but yeah, no, it managed to it managed to move me. It really did get me into a lot of emotional places. Um, so well done, Laos. <laughs> I'm really excited <laughs> to see what you do next. I was in like, it's years. definitely better than Holy Motors. It's oh, not. Holy as Motors good. It's not was unfiltered dog shit. It's not. <laughs> it it's, so not it's not as good as Lovers on the Bridge or Boy Meets Girl. No, it's not. Or pr- Merve Sang. I don't know. I, uh, maybe. I mean, Merve Sang is like not as polarizing. He's as made those. a lot of shorts as well. Haven't seen he any does shorts. Like old shit. Like he's just. I kind of one of the things I respect about him is his. He also takes a project, flogs it to death. Like really investing yeah. it. Like this. Like even Annette. Is obviously the product of like a intense engagement with this material. He's not yeah, going, yeah. this is a script, I'm going to try and... He's not doing the, the Romare, like, oh, I kind of want to do a story about guilt. So yeah, what's his day-to-day? Like, if it takes you nine years to make this film, like, does he just wake a lot of the time? He's like sort of just thinking and letting it... I think so. I kind of respect that. Actually. No, so do I. Although yeah. earlier you were saying I'm you before the pod you were like I'm very suspicious of anyone who takes nine years to make a fucking <laughs> film. <laughs> I'm still suspicious of anyone takes because like ultimately we mostly apart from Tark our lead star we respect yeah. filmmakers who um who make who fucking make you know and uh, people who don't I think they're a <laughs> you pressed the wrong button. <laughs> I think they are. Right, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to hear more from these buttons. Yeah, you are. Episode. Next week, we are going to be in the Shandos in Trafalgar Square. Come oh and yes. molest us. This is basically um, pub, talking pub about pub, podcast. Yeah, talking about a, a very boring sounding film. Um, <laughs> Olaf Nikolai's Marx. Yeah, it's just like one shot of the Statue of Marx. You don't know if it's one shot. I'm not even. I'm not even like hyperbole. It's a 24 hour film screening that is of Marx's head. It's screening in 16, 17. It's going to be incredibly <laughs> 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 There are going to be some uh, move to regulars and favourites coming next week on the 21st. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel Neofitu is definitely going to be there. Um, I think Matthew Turner, Matt Turner might pop along. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's booked his ticket. I know he has. So and George Macbeth on the phone. George Macbeth is going to be phoning holes? in from phoning it Germany. in he's always phoning it in the Teutonic Forest <laughs> <laughs> he's always phoning it's quite it in. actually funny the phrase phoning it in 
Like, is that now a bit, like, inappropriate now since COVID and working from home? Everyone's phoning it in. Is that what you're thinking about? You're thinking about all the... It's triggering to say... Yeah, it's in. a bit, yeah. It's a bit ableist. It's really ableist, <laughs> actually. Phoning <laughs> in. But you yeah, had no I have a real problem in. with those... No, 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 no. Come on. We, we want to keep our jobs. Yeah, um, yeah, it's true, it's true. So, so thank you for listening, listeners. Um, we're back in a very more immediate way with this new podcast uh, device um, and uh, we're loving it and it was great to watch Annette and I recommend watching Annette um, th- th- you have to there's a there's a whole lot of Shawshank before you get through redemption but it's <laughs> it's a good feeling at the end it really was for me anyway any last uh, thoughts Aaron? no I have no last thoughts enjoy enjoy